I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances. Whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities, or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death, we all want to know, what happened next? To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and this is the Red Table Talk Podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio. Produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. When 22-year-old Gabby Petito's family memorialized their beloved daughter, they made a promise we are amplifying at the table today. We need positive stuff to come from the tragedy that happened. We can't let her name be taken in vain. The same type of heightened awareness should be continued for everyone. Everyone. I want to ask everyone to help all the people that are missing and need help. It's on all of you, everyone that's in this room, to do that. And if you don't do that for other people that are missing, that's a shame. It's not just Gabby that deserves that. I thought that was such a powerful message. It is powerful. And what I have to give them props for is that in this devastating moment for their family, they had the strength, the courage, the compassion to think about others Mm -hmm. who were going through the same thing, who didn't have the same amount of attention as Gabby. They're using the memory of Gabby and this opportunity to shine a light for everyone. I have to be honest with you. I don't know if I lost one of my children in that way, if I would have the wherewithal Mm -hmm. to do that. So when I saw that, it really touched me. Yeah, because I think I I would be so consumed with With my grief. You know what I mean? Deep and powerful. 
We have two very special RTT guest hosts coming to the table to fill in for Willow, who is on tour with her band. First, we have Elizabeth Smart. Elizabeth was at the center of one of the most terrifying child abduction cases in history. Kidnapped at knife point from her bedroom at the age of 14, Elizabeth endured pure horror at the hands of her captors, who claimed to be religious prophets. Elizabeth was forced to drink alcohol, raped daily, chained to a tree, and starved. Nine months later, Elizabeth was spotted just miles from home and miraculously rescued. Now Elizabeth is a married mother of three beautiful children. She uses her incredible story of resilience to spark hope for families of the missing and fights tirelessly to be a voice for survivors of sexual assault. Let's welcome Elizabeth Smart. Hey. Oh Hi. You're so glad to have you. Thank welcome, you. welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Have Please seat. have a seat. This is quite a moment for me. I'm getting all choked up. But yeah. I, I remember it. Oh, remember yeah. your story. Absolutely. Yep. And all of us rooting for you to come home, and you mm-hmm. did. When you see stories like Gabby's, how does it affect you? In Gabby's case in particular, I mean, I was alive. Yeah. And I came home. And hers, tragically, has not ended that way. But knowing what it's like being on the other side and potentially what may have happened and what may have led up to her final moments and understanding probably a lot of what she was feeling, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Did you always have hope while you were gone that you would be rescued or... I always wanted to be rescued. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I always had hope. hope. There was some pretty dark times for sure. I just cannot imagine what it would be. Yeah. You know, to have your child go missing and... Yeah. And then feel like you're not getting the help that you need to find them. My parents always said the worst part of having me gone was not knowing. Yeah. Right? was not knowing if I was alive and out there or if I was dead. Yeah. And actually, when I was being taken up into the mountains that first night that I was kidnapped, I asked him if he was going to rape and kill me. And if he was going to do that, could he please do it fairly close to my house? Because it was important to me that my parents find my body Mm, and know that I hadn't run away. And so... I mean, when I think of Gabby Petito, when I think of all of these other victims, I feel like they still deserve just every bit as much to be found so that their stories have an ending as well. Absolutely. No, I just need a bit. Let's get you some tissue, Gail. Oh, this is too much. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. It's just very, very powerful having you here, really. Mm. Really. Thank you. It's just very, very powerful. And for you to be 14 and to have that in mind. Right, that. <sighs> yeah. To say, you know, if you're going to do anything to me, just please do it close to home so my parents know I didn't run away. <sighs> Once you came home, how were you just able to heal? Things that made a big difference to me was certainly having my family around me supporting me. I mean, how many victims are there who are kidnapped or yeah. abused by their family yeah. members? The very ones that are supposed to protect them 
are the ones hurting them. And that mm. sense of betrayal, first of all, we shouldn't compare what we go through, but it makes me mm. feel like I'm so blessed and I'm so lucky because I was kidnapped by a stranger. Right. Also, even the support of, I mean, my community. Nobody's really ever questioned whether I was kidnapped or whether I ran away. Right. No one's ever really questioned, did bad things happen? I mean, everything that I've always said has been accepted. And how many victims, how many survivors are not believed? Yeah, wow. you're right. I didn't, that, think, I didn't, I think, didn't think of that, that either. Yeah. And I think that honestly makes the difference between being able to move forward and have a healthy life or bottling it inside you and then being on a different trajectory. I'm so happy that you are here with us mm -hmm. and really using your voice to help amplify voices of people who come from marginalized communities who might not always get the same amount of press as you got or yeah, what definitely Gabby got. do not right and and i want to say that i believe that every single person deserves to have attention in regards to being missing. So this is not an either or right. situation. And I wanna be really clear about that. When I think of all of the people, I mean, so many, so yeah. many whose stories never even see the light of day. I live in this field every day and all the time I hear stories I've never heard. And they're, they're not just like brand new stories of 10 minutes ago, they're stories of five, 10, 20 years ago and I've never heard of them. Yeah. Someone is missing. Right. Like, are they any less worthy? Right. No. Is, has a, any less of a hole been left because they're gone? Right. No, like there's somebody. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Are you still in therapy? Did you get a lot of therapy? Because I mean, I'm sure it's a lifetime. That mm -hmm. I understand. It's a lifetime of work. I mean, just day after I got home, um, I was taken to a children's justice center and I was brought into this room with these two psychiatrists. And um, I was just told that I had, I had to tell them what everything right. that they asked me. So in my mind, that meant that they were there to help. Okay. I wasn't 100% sure why I was there. And so I went into the room and it was two men middle age, older, on the way to the room, they open this closet and they're like, you can choose any stuffed animal you want. And I just remember feeling condescended to because I was like, I'm 15. Right. Like, I just survived nine months without a stuffed animal. Right. I'm pretty sure I can survive whatever's going to happen next. Mm. I honestly just immediately shut down because they were around the same age yeah. as one of my captors. They were both clearly religious, which, I mean, bravo for them, right. wonderful for them. But in that situation where I had just come out of nine months mm -hmm. of being abused right. and manipulated by someone who was trying to use religion, religion. Mm. Um, that just made me feel uncomfortable. I grew up a very sheltered life. Prior to my kidnapping, I was a very young 14-year-old. Yeah. I was still very innocent mm -hmm. and very naive. Just Growing up, my parents didn't just refer to penises and vaginas. I right. mean, they were your privates, and you just, right. you, know, you don't, you didn't really talk about them. Right. And so then as these two psychiatrists sat there, and they're like, okay, so 
what happened? And I'd be like, well, they hurt me. And they'd be like, well, how'd they hurt you? Well, they molested me. Well, how'd they molest you? Well, they raped me. Well, do you know what rape is? And I was like, well, yeah, he like forced himself in me. And they'd be like, could you use the correct body, like the body parts? Mm -hmm. And so, so I finally had to get it down to he physically forced his penis into my vagina repeatedly. Right. And um, I mean, that was terrible. Right. By the time I left, I just knew that I never wanted to speak about it with anyone ever again. Mm. I didn't want to speak of what what happened. Yeah. Um, It was explained to me that the two psychiatrists were there because they were getting my testimony so that they could stand as proxy for me in trial. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And so I just knew they were psychiatrists, so I thought it was some form of therapy, and I just thought, if this is what therapy is, never mind. do not want it. Yeah. And I refused. I refused to have therapy, oh, wow. which of course panicked my parents. Right. So they went and saw a therapist and the therapist was like, it's fine. Take a deep breath. It's fine. Let her make this decision. But you need to be prepared because ultimately you both will be her biggest therapist and you need to be in a place that you can handle that. Wow. And now that I understand what therapy is, yeah, it 100% could have been useful. But I just thought that it would be going back to every dark moment yeah. of my life. And I, and I didn't want that. So your parents really? Oh, they were huge. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they got the help that they needed so that they could just help they can guide help you. you. That's beautiful. You're a mom now. Yourself, Elizabeth. You have three children? Yes. How old are they? Six, four, and my babies, too. Oh, oh wow. wow. <laughs> That's beautiful. I would imagine they're a little young to know your story. They are young, but I wish I could claim this is advice that I came up with, but someone told me that as soon as your child starts asking questions, that's the right time to start talking to them. Mm. And actually, when uh, one of my captors was um, coming up for parole and I was supposed to go down to the prison that day Mm. to go give a victim impact statement, Mm. my daughter, my oldest, she didn't really want me to go. And so she kept asking me, where are you going? Why are you going? That moment, I was just like, dang it. Guess I have to take this advice now. Like, she's asking questions. So I started talking to her, but it's not in graphic detail. Right. When mommy was younger, there was a man who broke into my home and hurt me. Right. And now he and his wife are in jail, and I'm going down there to make sure that they stay in jail. Right. So that led to us talking about having the right to defend yourself. It's amazing that you can even let your kids out of the house, honestly, because I swear. Yes, I think I'm overprotective. And that's where my husband comes in. Right. And pulls me back down to earth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, everybody teaches you what you should do if you catch on fire. Yeah. To... Look both ways when you cross, cross the street. The street. Yeah. And thinking back on like my exact situation, nobody really tells you what you should do in that situation. I mean, when I woke up, there was a knife pressed across my throat, like yeah. a little bit more pressure, and he could have just killed could, me. Yeah. I don't 
regret not screaming. God. I don't regret doing what he told me because I'm still alive. Yes, yeah. you are. And I don't know that I would be had I not, because I do believe that he absolutely was capable of killing me mm. and then maybe taking my sister or killing her too. Right. So I don't regret it. You just mentioned that you had to face your captors. It had to be just difficult and heartbreaking. Brian Mitchell, he will never get out of... He's in federal prison. He will, there's no chance of parole. Wanda Barzi, she, she has been released, but she hmm. served the max sentence that she could, and there was no option for recourse. They had to release her, so that is what it is. How did that make you feel? Disappointed. Yeah. But I think it also helped me have a greater appreciation for, I mean, how many victims never even have a smidgen of justice. Their perpetrators walk every day free. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, at least I got something. How many more haven't? You really are a beautiful symbol of hope. You're just such a beautiful representation mm. of that you can get through. You know? Thank you. Yeah, it's Thank really so it's really nice to be in your presence yeah. and, and feel that. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. 
We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Joining the table is Laura Coates, a CNN anchor and senior legal analyst and radio host. As a former federal prosecutor, Laura spearheaded cases of domestic violence, child abuse, and sexual assault, and as a powerful voice for missing persons. Oh my goodness. I was trying to hold back. I know. <laughs> we are all right? trying was, to hold it together. To oh so my it wasn't God. just yeah. me. Yeah, no, yeah. it's not just you. <laughs> It broke my heart to yeah. just to think about how many people, how many children are wondering, are they enough, enough. Yes. for somebody to look for me? Yes. yes. It is a massive problem. I mean, every 90 seconds, you know, a person disappears, a person goes missing. Just in the time that we've been sitting here chatting, there's people who have already gone missing. I live in fear about my children. I've become a very overprotective. Oh, yeah. But then I don't even think it's overprotective. Yeah. I don't think it's, you, protective. it's protective. It's protective. It's, I remember when I almost lost my son mm. in Costco. And I turned in a blink of an eye and he wasn't there. And I remember the panic as a mother, mm. oh, the yes. sheer terror. And I remembered sprinting towards the door like a crazed woman. I mean, I was like, lock the doors, get on the intercom. It's a little boy. It's a little boy. He's my life. They did it. And they seem to have some protocol. I don't know if it was called Lord, Code Adam. It was called, what was it called? Code Adam. Code Adam. After John Adam Walsh's Walsh? son. Oh, yeah. Yes. Walsh. Yes. You know, I never even knew what it, what it was so that like, stopped it. So, like, if you it. go into, like, Walmart or wherever, and they have a sticker, and it says Code Adam, it's in case your child disappears in a store, they will lock down the store, and no one can come in or go out. Yes. That's important. Yes. That's important For people to know. Yeah. Code Adam. Adam. And wow. My son was, was playing hide and seek in a tent they had set up. Yeah. Right where I'd left him. As a legal expert, what have you learned from Gabby's case? You know, there is this really symbiotic relationship that has to happen, mm-hmm. right? The idea that law enforcement and a suspicious public and the family and the media, all this has to come together in this yeah. real perfect storm. Right. Because what you saw and why we even have in the video footage that we're seeing of Gabby Petito and whatever altercation occurred between her and her fiance mm-hmm. is because somebody saw something right. and called the police. 
see something, say something. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what it is, but let me let me call someone about this. Here's the van. Here's what's going on. And of course, we are seeing what may have been some of her final moments and whatever final days they may have experienced. But it gives some insight. There is this video from some of the body cam footage of the officers when they're talking to her that reminded me of when I would prosecute cases of domestic violence. Mm. And what you would see oftentimes are so many assumptions that are made, so many stereotypes that you don't even know are undermining the investigation or the pursuit of someone's safety. Okay, Gabby. Do you, yeah. do you have um, medication for anxiety you take or anything? No. But you tend to have a lot of anxiety and stress? <laughs> a lot of anxiety. And what's his OCD. name? Is it Brian? Is he usually pretty patient with you? <laughs> yeah. But I get, it just makes me upset. I know that he definitely gets frustrated with me a lot because I have a lot of anxiety and he definitely has anxiety too. My girlfriend's really, really calm, but my ex-wife, that's why she's my ex-wife, I'm just sharing, I know it's a little personal, but to help you understand, we would feed off each other's anxiety and it would spiral. And it doesn't matter how much I loved her. It may be a bad for your soul. If you know you have anxiety, look at the look at the situations you can get in. Is there something on your cheek here? Looks like did, did you get did you get hit in the face? Um kinda looks like something like hitting you in the face. I don't and then over on your arm, your shoulder, right here. There's that's new, huh? Just have a new mark. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Did he, did he hit you, though? I mean, I mean, it's okay if you're saying you hit him, and then I, I understand if he hit you, but we want to know the truth if he actually hit you. Because, you know... I guess, yeah, but I hit him first. She seems like a really sweet girl, 22 or something, has a lot of anxiety, and from what she's claiming, she's the full-on aggressor here. We'll go see what Brian's saying, but... Okay. You want to come stand in the shade? It's freaking hot. Yeah, I know how. The, I know this. I know this. I know the struggle from when I first got here. We were more worried about what kind of a guy you are from what we heard. But in talking to your girlfriend, it sounds to me like maybe this is not so clear cut. Wow. There's a moment when something clicks in this officer's mind, hearing she has anxiety, and something clicks in a oh, this is what this is. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, this is what this must be. It's anxiety. And he gives premarital advice and explains to her, well, you know, if you have this sort of toxicity of two people with a similar mental health state, this is the kind of thing that happens. As if whatever was transpiring is the expectation of things. Mm-hmm. Then from that, he draws a conclusion. And he's tur- he goes back to the fiancé, makes a comment of, see, now we didn't know what kind of guy you were. But now that we know, this probably changes the calculation. And these decisions that officers try to assess in this sort of split-second moment makes all the difference. Mm. In that moment, it probably likely changed the course of history. Yeah. The idea of, I know what this is. I know what this is. But can you prosecute without a willing victim? You absolutely can. And you know how? It's like a myth. In law and order, you hear, do you want to go forward? I don't want to press charges. And somehow everyone says, okay, okay, never mind. In reality, it's like... Oh, that's cute. Right. I don't really care what you'd like to do. Right. And here's why. While we want people to have choices over what's happening, if we have an independent witness who can corroborate something, if you have an eyewitness, if you have somebody who has told the police something or you have video, we will pursue. Yeah. Because we have to. The problem is, just like you saw with the Gabby Petito case, sometimes the person, once law enforcement gets involved... Yeah. 
They suddenly think about the consequences. Mm -hmm. They think to themselves, I love this person and I know what could happen. Yep. Or I hit him first. Mm. Yeah. I always say, unapologetically report. Yeah. Yeah. There is a shame that people carry. Mm -hmm. And I've had victims who have said, I don't want this. I said, okay, that's fine. I will be the bad guy. I can even subpoena you so that when it arrives at your home, you can make a big production of being subpoenaed. Like, the officers roll up, you have no choice, here you go. It's a protective mechanism. Officers sometimes will do that. You were talking about the people that captured images in the Pepito case because I, I had a circumstance very recently that was with my husband, and we were in the car, and there was a couple on the corner sitting on the bench, but there was obvious discord between them. And they were young. It didn't look right. And (laughs) my husband thought that I was being nosy. I was about to, like, roll down the window and say, are you okay? But they seemed to work it out, and they started holding hands, and they walked on down the street. But it's that kind of stuff that you never know. First of all, you should be nosy. Nosy saves lives. We have responsibility as women, Mm -hmm. I think, too, in particular. To have that, are you okay, sis? And I think it's so important having the the public be involved because that's how you were rescued. It was actually a few different people who all called. I think it was like in less than five minutes. I don't think I'll ever lose my faith in humanity Mm -hmm. because everyone kept their eyes open and just simple phone call to the police ultimately led to my rescue, my homecoming. Can you take us back, Elizabeth, and just kind of remind us of that situation? My captors had taken me to Southern California for the winter. Their plan was to kidnap seven young girls. I was just the first. And they actually made several attempts while I was with them. Thank goodness they were not successful. But after the most recent attempt that they had tried, Liz said, well, it's time to move on. I was like, this is my chance. So I convinced them to return back to Utah, and we hitchhiked. We were making our way up State Street in Salt Lake City, which is a pretty good-sized street. Yeah. He kept telling me that once we got up into the mountains, they were never going to let me down again. But at that point in time, I didn't even care. I was just happy because physically I was that much closer to my family. We were just walking up State Street when it was like... Police car after police car after police car pulling up and officers jumping out and they started questioning us. Initially, I didn't just respond and say, yes, I'm Elizabeth Smart. Please help me. Please save me. I wanted to bring that up because so many people, (laughs) so many people over the years have been like, well, why Why didn't didn't you? you? Right. Or... If I had been you. Exactly, yeah. People are bold enough to say that to you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Or on wow. social media, like, I could pull up my phone right now and I could, like, I'm sure in the first 10 messages we could yeah. find something of saying, why didn't you? Mm-hmm. Or you had every chance to get away, why didn't you? Yeah. And I want to take a second to answer that. I didn't immediately yell or scream or admit who I was because for nine months, no one could protect me from them. Mm -hmm. Because for nine months, he raped me, chained me up, did whatever he wanted to do to me. And there was never anyone there to protect me. And I didn't know these police officers. I didn't know what they were capable of. I didn't know if they could protect me. But I did know 
that my captor was standing so close. He was right next, he's physically touching me. And my other captor was so close, she was physically touching me. And yep. I knew they were capable of yeah. killing me. Mm. And they threatened me with that every single day. So I didn't immediately scream out. My goal was to survive. And I didn't know if I said something, if I would. But I knew that if I did what they told me to do, that there was a chance for me to survive. So even in that moment, when it looks like that's so easy, that was nine months of manipulation yeah. and grooming. Yes. And it wasn't that easy. It wasn't until I was separated from my captors mm. that I was able to admit who I was. Wow. And just the idea that a woman was a Ooh. participant. Yep. We are trained when we're younger look for someone who can help you. And the expectation is if I'm being harmed, a woman will have this maternal instinct that they will be able to help you in some way. The sheer evil of yeah. that as a woman, it just, it's enraging. Mm -hmm. And you were so brutally honest about what I think so many people, Elizabeth, who are likely in your same circumstances, that it must have been hard to cling to just the hope that someone was looking for you still. Yeah. yeah. And yes. you can imagine all the people who try to exploit the idea that no one's going to look for you. Mm -hmm. Women of color in mm -hmm. particular, mm -hmm. who, if there's not the coverage, if there's not the attention, if no one thinks that anyone will look for you, yeah. you become a target. Yes. And now you are somebody's perfect prey. Yes. Because I think no one's going to look for you. Yeah. No one's going to miss you. Yeah. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men how this beguiling woman in her 50s she looked like a million bucks with zero qualifications she had a harvard plaque 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We got some families that we're about to meet um, that are holding out hope in regards to being able to find their loved ones. Daniel Robinson went missing four months ago. This is the last photo his family has of him. He's a 24-year-old geologist, last seen leaving his job site in Buckeye, Arizona. His overturned Jeep and belongings were found in a nearby ravine. His parents, David and Melissa, need our help. We wanted to give you an opportunity to tell us about your son, Daniel. I had a moment when you showed me his picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just looking at him, it's so difficult. You want to talk to him, you want to hug him. Daniel is my hero. Just reading his text, mm. telling me how he feels about me leaving the very last message on June the 21st, telling me how he loves me. Hey, Mama. I just wanted to see how you're doing. I just want to let you know I love you. And, um, yeah, we could talk later. All right, bye. Oh, wow. And that was the last time that you heard from him? Yeah. David, when was it that you guys decided that Something was not right. On June 23rd, I received a phone call from my daughter. She alerted me that one of the co-workers came by and was searching for Daniel. We weren't getting any answers to his phone. They said he was um, last seen at his job site um, roughly 9 o'clock that morning. Mm. And um, I I just knew immediately that uh, things weren't right because uh, Daniel, he would never, ever, ever... Um, not answer his phone, first of all. Mm. And the second thing is um, not tell us where he was going. Right. I, I, I think that's really important because the, the idea of patterns, I'm really big on that, even with my children. 
What David is basically saying is that a pattern was broken. And so he saw immediately that this is out of character. Right. Something is wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's so important for police officers when they start to investigate these cases. One of the first questions they'll ask is, was this normal? Was this something he would do? Because the thought is, maybe they're just not calling you. There is this tendency to say, why don't you just give it a little bit? Right. Yeah. You yeah. might hear from him. He'll, he might come around. Yeah. But it's got to be, this is not like my son. son. Yeah. And you are the one who knows your child. Right. To have them understand, no, this, what's out of the ordinary. David, is it my understanding that you've relocated to Arizona to lead the search for your son? Upon uh, uh, putting in a missing person report uh, with the Buckeye Police Department, they said they was gonna go out, um, search um, the next following morning because it was too dark when I called in. And uh, uh, once that morning came and they counseled and um, alerted me that being that my son is grown, he's an adult, um, he's allowed to leave. Uh, when I heard that, that was unacceptable to me. So I grabbed everything I could mm. and I just started driving. I made it out here and I've been here since um, June the 26th. Got it. I'm searching for my son. We're going to find Daniel. Was it difficult to get the police to just take seriously that Daniel was missing? Yes, even from the uh, first day. Uh, you know, we know our son. And, and um, you know, it was very out of character. Uh, things didn't add up. It was very difficult just to even get movement. They did a first search for my son, which was three days later. I haven't gotten any, any, any support from the police department. I mean, nothing. Um, we have been fortunate to uh, get our own cadaver dolls and search dogs, um, even the aircraft, uh, mm. drones. We, we've been on it. The searches, uh, full of volunteers. The difficulty has been getting media attention. And I stayed up many nights uh, emailing, texting, calling, visiting, whatever it took just to get something going. Uh, it lasted for three months. Three hard months. David, you actually hired your own investigator, right? You're saying the word we, but this does not include the police. You've had to do this independently, right? That's correct. Mm -hmm. That is correct. I say we because uh, everybody who uh, come out to the searches, we're family. That's my standard family. That's right. Yeah. We, we put long hours out there in 118-degree weather. They're dedicated people. Um, the things that uh, we feel, I feel... And, and, and uh, my, my son's mother is the things that the uh, uh, people that serve and protect should be doing. Uh, we found ourselves doing it. When you talk about the, the searches that you've been putting together, how were you able to do that? I didn't know anyone when I hit, hit the ground here. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't know how to get involved. I never organized anything in my life. Right. So I just reached out to any and everybody I could. What I was trying to do is find people who actually knew about the desert uh, mm, conditions. Got it. When you found the car, all his belongings were inside the car, correct? Well, uh, it's a rancher uh, found our son's vehicle, and that was on um, July the 19th. Mm. When I received the call, it was 9 o'clock that morning, the next day after they found my son's vehicle. The first thing the detective said to me was, hey, Mr. Robinson, we found your son's vehicle. That just took my breath away, thinking that maybe I hear something else horrible. I'm going to tell his mother. I said, okay, when was it found? And he told me it was uh, found the day before. And I asked him, okay, why you guys didn't call me? We didn't want to disturb your sleep. 
that that made me uptight. My son's clothing, everything he had on his body, uh, was about three feet away from the vehicle, in a pile. Um, his safety vest that he wore the day he went missing was another foot away. Um, his cell phone was in the vehicle, uh, work computer. His wallet was in his in the pants pocket in the pile. Um, yeah. I know that's difficult for his mother to hear all this. Excuse me, give him a moment. One of the things that struck me the most, you know my son is only 24 years old. Yeah. Um, they're attached to their phones. I know they are. Right. And um, I, I couldn't see him leaving that behind. Exactly. Yeah. What did the police tell you as to, to explain? Did they, did they give, offer any theory of the case whatsoever to try to find him? Yes, they gave me a, a, a not too great of a theory. When I got out there, the detective gave me a briefing. Uh, he, he pointed out to my son's clothing on the ground. Uh, he pointed out um, the vehicle's damage. He said that uh, the vehicle flipped and, and rolled and landed on the side. He told me that uh, there was no blood found in the vehicle, um, indicating our son um, wasn't injured. Uh, he said that he was wearing a seatbelt because of the way the seatbelt locked, so he knew the seatbelt was on. All the airbags were deployed. He told me that my son obviously escaped out of the sunroof and that uh, he must have had a, a severe head injury. He was delusional, decided to take his clothes off because head injury would make him hot or something or the other. Um, and he just walked off and uh, probably rested under a tree somewhere. And that was, that was his theory. I, I think we're all dumbfounded <laughs> for, for a moment, trying to think about all the things that do not add up uh, right. about this. But I keep looking at mom. Yeah. I'm just thinking about what every mother sees talking about their child. I know he's 24 years old, but you don't see a 24-year-old. You baby. see the little baby, and you're hearing these things. What yeah. are you thinking? When his father first told me that the vehicle was found, and then they started talking about cadaver dogs, I just screamed. And I just couldn't believe this can't be real. I, I, I was feeling like I'm in a nightmare. Yeah. I was on the floor. I cried. His father kept saying, Alyssa, it's going to be all right. I'm going to find our son. I'm going to find him. I promise you, I'm going to find him. But I said, I just want him back. I, I, I didn't even know what to pray or how to pray. Yeah. And then I had to just change that prayer and say, I want him back safe. The thoughts are running rampant in my mind. I'm thinking the very worst thing yeah. that someone is hurting my son. I'm seeing him crying out for me. I'm, I'm just seeing these things that he's just really needing to say, help me. I started dreaming about him. Yeah. Saying, Mama, I'm here. Mama, I'm over here. Hurry up. And I'm saying, Daniel, please listen to me. I'm talking to you. And saying, Mom, I'm here. Yeah. Mom, I'm here. I need to find him. And it was heartbreaking to just go to his apartment. Yeah. Very, very heartbreaking. I had to pick up the little hairs off the floor and put them in a Ziploc bag. Because at least I knew that was a part of him. Right. That's all I had. But one thing I want to really say, too, Daniel is, is, is definitely 
um, not a, 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 a person that's uh, depressed and down. Uh, he's high-spirited, have dreams, and, and he's a contributor to society. Daniel's a scientist, very smart, very sharp, and um, we just want him back home. We just want him back here with us. We just, we want to just give our prayers to you, our love, and, um, you know, we are wishing you the best in this. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was so difficult to hear what his father said at the end. I want you to know he's contributed to society. Tells me almost immediately what so many families, particularly families of color, have to endure talking about how to get people to value the investigation to find their child. It's not even subtle. Yeah. It's what stereotyping looks like. It's just not adding up. Yeah. It's not adding up. I don't think there's anyone in all the millions of times that your episodes get watched that could say that any one of these families is any less worthy than any other yeah. family yes. who had their case pursued and is any less worthy than anybody else, myself included, to come home. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. So true. To join the Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation, follow us at facebook.com slash redtabletalk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio, and iHeartRadio. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.